With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And so I would go in and sit with Sean McVay, and I would sit with Kevin, and we would talk quarterback. We would talk philosophy. We would talk concepts. Um, he's extremely bright. Like I say, he's been exposed to a lot of different types of offenses. And I think as a leader, um, he'll do a very, very good job. I, I really I really do. I mean, you never really quite know how a person is going to do until they step up in front of all the other people. And he's run meetings. So I've been in, I've been in meetings that he's run. He's very thorough. Uh, like I said, like Sean McVay, a very, very thorough, very detailed individual. And uh, I guarantee you, the Vikings will be a prepared football team. Joe Theismann, what? Okay, Joe Theismann was like one of the voices of Sunday Night Football twenty years ago, twenty twenty five years oh, ago. Oh yeah, big, big time. He's still got some chops, man. He's still still looking pretty spry. He can evaluate young coordinators in the NFL. Why is he not? Is he not doing anything on TV? I think he does um, uh, Washington NFL team preseason games, and he might okay. do some radio stuff. But yeah, he hmm. he is. I think definitely lost the national platform. We can't get him, uh, you know, like the the sixth game on Fox or something or CBS. We Probably can't. doesn't want to do that, right? I don't know. Here's my question: What was that uh, that uh, piece of art behind him? <laughs> it was a really nice piece of art. <laughs> it was very. It was. It, it was yeah. very sort of like it jutted off a little bit. He didn't get that at IKEA. No, I don't think. No, but I couldn't figure it out. Because he's blocking it, like like it had a main stand, and then it had like an arm to it. I, I was just trying to figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Probably cost a lot of know. money. Probably cost as much Dex, as my house. Can you can you find out where sure. uh, where Joe Theismann got home that goods piece of art? Or, you know, West Elm. You know, something. something. Love me some Home Goods, yeah. man. It's yeah. great. What's great Home Goods? Home Goods is a store. Yeah. What's Home Goods? What I don't know what it is. Oh well, you're missing out. Yeah, buddy. Big time. This is Purple Daily, daily home decor entertainment here. And sometimes we also talk about the Vikings. We just want the Vikings to decorate their home nicely and win a Super Bowl before we die. The show is presented in part by Surly Brewing Company and by TCL. Uh, There's a new lineup of award-winning TVs for you to watch the big game on, delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Here is the question today. You guys did a dive in on uh, Sunday's episode of Purple Daily into Adam Schefter's comments about Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to I'm going to read those again for people that didn't see the Shefty clip during the Pro Bowl or after the Pro Bowl. 
And then I have a three-step plan for what the Vikings should do at quarterback this offseason. It is the three-step Macadac plan to push forward at the most important position in sports. But let's start with the Adam Schefter quote here, if you missed it. He said Kevin O'Connell worked with Kirk Cousins in Washington. Kirk Cousins endorsed Kevin O'Connell for that job. One of the reasons Kevin kind of wants that job is because of Kirk Cousins. There's a relationship. Mm -hmm. So that tells me that Minnesota and Kirk Cousins will figure out something and maybe come up with a restructured contract that adds years on for Cousins and gives the Vikings salary cap relief this offseason to give them more money to spend on other players, which is what they did in 2020. They did this, literally did this. Like, okay, uh, your cap hit's too big. Let's reduce it, but then we'll put a $45 million elephant in the room at the end of it and then deal with it then. Well, then is now. They now have to deal with a ridiculous cap hit, and I think it leaves them with two realistic choices, and you guys can tell me if you disagree. I mean, there's unless you think that playing on a $45 million hit is is a choice, um, that never happens in the NFL where someone makes up like 23% of a salary cap. It just doesn't happen. So option one is you can extend him for two or three years, like Schefter is talking about. You can lower the cap hit, build out your roster, of course, by doing this. Kwesi and KOC would essentially be hitching their careers to the, what, 12th or 14th best quarterback in the NFL, and the contract would be reduced, but it would still be a fairly hefty contract. They'd also be gambling that 10 years of a 500 record is somehow like unlucky or that he's been screwed over time and time again. I mean, never mind the fact that, you know, he had a top five defense in 2018, a top 10 defense in 2019. But that is an option. You could extend him like Schefter is talking about. Uh, the other realistic option is take advantage of one of the biggest sellers markets in recent quarterback history. Where you have like eight or nine teams that are looking for some sort of uh, like fringe playoff teams looking for an upgrade at quarterback or a replacement from someone retiring. Right. So is there before I get to my three step plan, is there any other option that you guys see besides those two extend and reduce the cap hit in the short term and then kick the can down the road again, or trade? Am I missing an option that's realistic? Well, well you could. You, I don't think, think that there is a chance that this is going to happen, but you could bring him back on, on his last year, which, as you said, Phil, is a ridiculous cap hit, and cut around him, and and your team wouldn't be good, but then you, you would just be free and clear of the contract. But I think, I honestly think that they are going to actively shop him. And now it started, we, we talked about this last March too. Now it started to come out from, from various informed sources that the Vikings did shop him last March. We talked about this at the time. They talked to San Francisco at the time, pre-draft, so pre-Trey Lance. They talked to the Rams in fact, I saw something that there now is buzz that O'Connell actually said, I would rather we get Stafford than Cousins. So so at the time, it was downplayed. But the reality is they shopped him. I think Spielman and Zim, perhaps the last time that they were ever on the same page or close to it was last March. Because from what I heard, the owners stepped in and said, no, no, no. You guys have said Kirk can win. If, if we go back to... 
that well, especially with Rick trying to make the trade or choice. Uh, we don't trust Rick. So mm-hmm. it was the owners who had very high expectations, and probably rightfully so, for 2021, who said, we are not going to trade Kirk. Um, so with with Quasi now and O'Connell, despite the fact that he knows Kirk, which actually might hurt Kirk, I think that these guys are going to go back to that well. I think they're going to have permission this time to trade. I do not think they're going to give Kirk away. But you said the most important thing, Phil, which is this is a seller's market. There are teams out there, and there is going to be a team, in my opinion, that's going to bite on the Matthew Stafford story. Now, I don't think it's the same, but go back and look at that trade. And that trade, if you're Detroit, you got a lot back. I think the Vikings are going to hit the market with that type of intention in mind. With an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Basically, yes. They are going to hit the market. Correct. So, and I and I agree. And that brings us to the Mackie three-step plan to solve your quarterback conundrum. I wonder if this deserves a football bed. Oh, let's do it. Like, this sounds like it deserves a football bed. I think I Am think I wrong? Correct me if I'm wrong. No, let's do it. Put, putting some pressure on me now. I got I got to live bump, up to the football bed here. Bump, now. Bump. It's true. Love it. <laughs> okay, so step one of this three step plan: trade Kirk Cousins for a high draft pick and save thirty five million dollars in cap space. And you might say, high draft pick, you guys. If you if if he's as garbage as you think he is, no one has ever said he's garbage. In fact, we all think he's a top fifteen quarterback, but he's not top ten or top five, and he makes too much money, and he's thirty four years old, and he just has limitations. Not garbage. Who would want to trade for him? Well, Judd brought up the Matthew Stafford example. He was traded for two first round picks and a third. Now Jared Goff was also included in that trade, and so that you know they may have had to essentially uh, attach a pick to Goff or something. So if you took Goff out, what would the deal have been? For sure a first-round pick. My guess is that one of the first was Goff. You know, attached to Goff, take him off our hands. Yes. And Stafford on his own was a first and a third. Yes. Which is exactly what Carson Wentz was traded for as well. He was traded for, now it was a conditional second if he played 75% of the snaps, and he did. So, so Carson Wentz, first and a third. Stafford, two firsts and a third. Sam Bradford, you guys might remember five or six years ago, right here on this very team, was traded for a first-round pick. I don't think any of those three guys are, like, drastically more valuable in terms of what, like, I think Stafford is better than Kirk, but Kirk's in a very similar bin to Stafford, even though I think Stafford's have been above Similar bin to Wentz, similar bin to Bradford at the time, right? And all those guys got at least a first round pick in return. Mm-hmm. And 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 all of those guys also had like pretty big contracts. Like you, you know, Kirk's is a little bit big. You're gonna have to extend him. But the Bucks, the Broncos, the Browns, the Steelers, the Panthers, the Colts, Washington. Like there might even be more. Those are all fringe playoff teams that are looking for a quarterback. Either they don't have one, like Pittsburgh or they're looking for a change or an upgrade of some kind. And so that's step one. Just do it. And stop stop kicking the can down the road and ruining your salary cap situation for a guy that's been in the league for 10 years and he has zero track record. At any point in high school, college, or the pros, 
to coming anywhere near a championship. Like, li- like literally go back and yeah. look at his career in high school. College, like, Quick Lane Bowl was like his success in college. High school, I don't think they ever even made it to like the semifinals of their of their state tournament. And and in the NFL, he's never made it past the second round. And you can either keep blaming everything around him, or you can say he's part of the common denominator for mediocre football teams. So that's step one. So he's traded. Mm-hmm. Okay, I agree completely. Yeah, and and look, this is a this is I'll continue uh, to bang this drum. A perfect time to reset with Kirk mm-hmm. and different guys as well, not just Kirk, but. Like, are you go? Are you really go, going to bring in a new GM and coach to run things back with with Rick and Mike's guys? Right? Like, like this whole this whole storyline that now it is all Mike's fault. You know, everything now, like on Twitter, everything everything was Mike's fault. Zimmer screwed. This. Zimmer, it's all Zimmer, 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 Zimmer. Look, he did a bad job. A lot of people did though, and and we're conveniently now trying to say, well, the cancer is gone and it's fine. It's an aging roster. And you took a shot, like, I don't understand how people don't get this. You took a shot in 2018, which, by the way, we all applauded. So I'm not dumping on that. But, like, you took your shot. You didn't even make the playoffs. Um, Mm -hmm. It's run its course. It's run its course. And there seems to be this gravitational pull back towards, no, it was all Mike now. I mean, if Kirk is set free, if Kirk is, and, and you bring back everybody. Yeah. You really think that this team, like, if you go out and draft a corner, First round. And let's say he's good. Do you really think this team is now set to make a run in 2022? Well, that's how no. some people think. No, yeah, right. No. But I mean, that's I mean, how they, some they people are like 40% of an offensive line with still, Mike too. being gone. It's all fine now. Okay. Mike was a problem, but there are other problems that you still have to get rid of. Wait, but here's the thing. Like, listen, Mike, Mike needed to go and Mike did not handle things well the last couple of years. And he didn't build a relationship with Kirk, but like, Mike won 40 games in his first four years as head coach and then all of a sudden became a bad coach starting around 2018. Yeah. So what Mike would tell you is, I wasn't the cancer. That guy was the cancer. Or that guy was was not the leader and the guy that we're paying for. Yep. And again, like, could he have done a better job just being a team builder and a, and a communicator? And yes, I'm not exonerating Mike, but... It's funny how Mike was an amazing coach for four years and then became a garbage coach the last four years. Well, what did you know, what what did what was the common denominator? Also, I will add this about step one that this trade, in addition to the Vikings netting maybe a first or a second round pick and a third round pick or something, it would also put them without any other restructures. It would put them twenty three million dollars under the salary cap, and I think there's a, a very viable path too by just like taking some of the veterans you have right now and restructuring or maybe you say goodbye to one or two of them you could legitimately get to 40 or 50 million dollars in cap space for this year's free agency period in one month if you make this trade yeah and and then you could go about filling holes and that brings us to step two of the three-step phil Mackey plan to fix your quarterback conundrum and it's brought to us by our friends when it comes to uh Trimming the fat oh, of the salary cap. Yes, Judd's been trimming the actual fat around his body. Look at that over the face. Past three or four months. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that face. Once jowly, <laughs> I look like Santa Claus, and now, well, I don't want to say I'm chiseled, but thanks to my friends at the <laughs> Livia Weight Control Centers, I'm down thirty plus pounds. Something to be said, right, about that? Thirty plus pounds down, feeling great. 
clothes fit um, two, two or three months back. This uh, this score north here um, uh, shirt it didn't fit so well. It was it You're was fat guy in a little fleece. Exactly right, exactly right. I looked a little bit like Tibbs. Now it fits perfectly, and I want you to join me on this program with the I did it eight week challenge where you get your first eight weeks for free. That's right, first eight weeks for free. In my first eight weeks, I lost twenty six pounds. Imagine being down twenty six pounds. Call today eight five five go L I V E A or visit. Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com, in the metro or outside, too. It, heck, you know what? If you're in in California, consultation, a Zoom consultation, join the program. They ship the, the food. It's an easy program. It's a great program. I can tell you right now, it works. Livia.com. Boom. All right. Step two of the three-step plan here. Okay, so... So Kirk has been traded. The Vikings now have Kellen Mond and a blank canvas at quarterback. They also have $23 million in cap space under the cap, and maybe even more once they restructure like Thielen or Kendricks or Daniil Hunter is a big chunk of money. And so step two is sign or trade for one of these four specific bridge quarterbacks. Jameis Winston is a free agent. Mm -hmm. Teddy Bridgewater. Is a free agent. Marcus Mariota is a free agent. And Gardner Minshew is a trade candidate. He has one year left at $2.5 million on his Eagles contract. Uh, probably not going to cost you a first-round pick. He's only played like two games in the last year. But you, you probably give, give up like a fourth or a fifth-round pick for, uh, for Gardner. According to Pro Football Focus, Jameis Winston is projected to sign a one-year $7 million contract. Teddy Bridgewater either one or two years in the $10 million a year range, and Marcus Mariota in the one-year $8 million range. And so you can keep your bridge. A lot of people are saying, well, why not keep Cousins as a bridge quarterback? Well, if I can get a first-round pick and save $35 million in cap space <laughs> and then give some of that cap space but not a large chunk of it to Teddy Bridgewater or Jameis Winston to be my bridge quarterback, thank you very much. I would rather have the first-round pick in the cap space, right? Yes. So... Winston, Bridgewater, Mariota, or Minshew, either sign or trade for one of those four guys, and now you have a bridge quarterback for 2022, maybe even 2023, if it's a two-year contract. Mariota intrigues me. Um, I, I I know that with the Titans, it's probably certainly considered a failure, uh, but his skill set intrigues me. And here's the thing about O'Connell. If he is truly the quarterback whisperer that we think he's going to be, he can develop a guy who is looking for a second chance. Like the thing with Kirk is Kirk is good enough and old enough that he is just Kirk. He's going to to be Kirk. Um, I would be really interested in taking a guy like Marcus, though, and trying to develop him while also behind him developing Kellen Mond, possibly draft one. I don't know. Uh, if you don't draft one in 2022, you probably do in 23. The point being is the development of the quarterback here, opportunity that O'Connell is going to bring, is something that this franchise has not had even a shot at since probably Green. Because I, I think Green knew certainly offense and could develop in some ways quarterbacks. But, yes, I think that so far your first two parts of the plan to me seem like they are solid. And I know right now people are yelling and they're like, what's Mackie? This is typical. No, this is how you reconstruct your team. 
Like, we need to get it through our, our head. They're not going to run this team back. And and you didn't fire Rick and Mike not to reconstruct things, right? Like, you didn't, you didn't just get a wild hair. You know what? We can win a Super Bowl with their team, but we're going to fire them because they don't play nice now. So as far as reconstruction goes, I think that the first two steps in your plan for 2022 certainly make perfect sense. So who would you? Okay, so just to recap here, so step one, we traded Kirk Cousins for let's say let's say it's a let's say it's a, a like a late first, like a first and a third or a first and a fourth. Yeah, I think getting a first round pick for him is very reasonable, and if it's not, you're going to get a second round pick. And then and then now you're twenty three million dollars under the cap, and now we've got Winston, Bridgewater, Mariota, Minshew, all options to. And, and by the way, I would rank them as Winston number one, Bridgewater number two, Mariota three, Minshew four. Actually, Minshew three, uh, Mariota four. Oh, see, interesting. Uh, who would who would you guys prefer among those bridge quarterbacks? Dex, uh, Jameis is number one, uh, and, and that comes from a Teddy stand. If you thought Kirk stands were insufferable, I can't imagine what I would be like if Teddy Bridgewater resigns with the Vikings. But I'll say, I mean, Teddy Teddy can orchestrate an offense, and you plug him in, and he's fine. Like, Teddy is not as good as Kirk Cousins. That is a fact. But you can still win with Teddy Bridgewater, and there's intangibles around that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Jamison Winston, uh, Jameis Winston, though, is the real intriguing one here. Before he went down, it looks like he was going to be clicking well. Now, Sean Payton and the Saints, Sean Payton knows offense well, so I'm, I'm curious if Kevin O'Connell could still get the same out of Jameis Winston that, that Sean Payton was uh, l- looking to get out of Jameis. But I would put Jameis number one on that list and Teddy number two. The other two, Mariota and Minshew to me, are just kind of gravy. I would go on my list, Mariota one. Oh, wow. Minshew two. Wow. Win- Jameis Winston, I, I still have concerns about from a locker room standpoint. So I'd put him three, Teddy. I just, I just think it's done. Like I, God bless him, and I think uh, probably to this day his teammates love him. Dude, um, they went seven and seven with him. Yeah, but I've the more, the but but when I saw him uh, in, in the joint practices here, I mean he tries hard, he works hard, he's a professional. <laughs> There's nothing left there, man. There's nothing but left the, in that. But they went again. They I, went. I know, but seven I'm, and seven. But I would rather take it. I'm just telling you, it's over. It's been fun. I think it's when nice. you mean nothing left, it, you the ceiling is gone. Like you know his ceiling. There's yeah. a, there isn't something that's and the arm's about there. to fall off. There, he's he can't drive off his his knee. It, it's just done. It, it look, it was a good chance. It's okay, not, it was a good time. Mariota, though the skill set with the right coach intrigues me. But here's the great thing: I honestly don't care. It's a bridge. So, so like, if the guy thrives, awesome. That's good. If he doesn't, awesome. That's good too. Well, I'm trying to get James to my next quarterback. The, the only guy on this list that I think could serve both purposes of sure. being your bridge that could also just be your quarterback for like five or seven years, I think, is Jameis. I, yeah, I just J- don't. Jameis, before the injury with Sean Payton, was kind of on the way to being this, okay, he's he's not throwing the interceptions, but he's still yeah. able to drive the ball down the field and stuff. There's some locker But they're all stuff, mostly though. bridge guys. I need a guy. Yeah, I, I want I want guys who are going to be good in the room. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think Minshew might be a... <laughs> Minshew just seems like a fun backup that can pop up once in a while. I don't know that he's like got this franchise quarterback potential, but as a bridge quarterback, interesting. So, mm-hmm. all right, so we've got our bridge quarterback in place, and that brings us to step three of the Mackey quarterback plan here. You like that? You like that? I trade up for Malik Willis in this year's draft. Wow. Now, we're going to get to a mock draft here. You're going to see he's moving up the board. 
He was. Oh, and that's going to continue to go up, right? He was incredible at the Senior yeah. Bowl. He's going to be great at the Combine, I'm sure. So he might even move up out of the range of like realistically trading up from 12. But he's still, it's still realistic as of right now. He's dynamic. He can extend plays. He has a big arm. He needs molding. You know, he's. We'll talk to Tyler Fornis from NBC Sports Edge and climb in the pocket later this week. He needs to be able to play within structure more than he did at Liberty. If I can't get Malik Willis, I wouldn't be opposed to waiting until 2023 to draft a quarterback because I've got my I've got my bridge guy, and I'm I'm fine going year to year with bridge guys. There's always bridge guys out there. I'm going to build my roster up with the rest of my cap space. So, but I uh, I love the idea of. A, a finished version of Malik Willis, given the right quarterback tutelage, which Kevin O'Connell should be able to provide. Your Absolutely. Um, I don't know if he is definitely the guy, but the idea is spot on. It's what I want. It's what I want. You develop, and and two, um, d- during 2022, while Bridge Guy perhaps is playing, guess what? You're also have a chance to cultivate, develop, and find out who Kellen Mond truly is as as a QB. And I think that Mond was probably developed, what, on a scale of 1 to 10, about a 2 right now, a 1, a if negative 1, yeah. so something like that. So, yes, I, I believe that the Mackey three-step plan for achieving uh, quarterback success for the Vikings, at least in the future, is spot on. And the most important thing is step one, which is don't undersell how well you can probably sell Kirk. Like, maximize it right now. Unless you think that you can win a Super Bowl, which, by the way, put the hookah pipe down, because you can't. Unless you think that in 2022 you can win a Super Bowl, give me, potentially, a first-round pick for him. There will never be a better time to trade Kirk Cousins than right now with all these teams looking for quarterbacks. Like, you're going to get a first or a second round pick for him if you trade him. And then you're going to enter a big unknown, a big question mark. But, I mean, you knew what you had in quarterback for the last four years. You missed the playoffs three or four years. So what you were doing roster-wise wasn't working anyways. Why don't you just keep him and build the rest of the roster? Because it's freaking hard when you have a quarterback with deficiencies Making that much money, you have to be perfect on every draft pick, perfect on every free agent signing. It's freaking hard. You know, people are like, well, you know, the, you know, what is his contract prevented them from doing? Oh, I don't know. Like signing better players on yeah. defense, signing a right guard. It's a non-starter that's not for experimental. Me. Like, amen. So, all right, Declan, your thoughts on the three-step Mackey plan? I like it. I like it a lot. As I'm trying to give Pat some pan signals here of what time, even though we are always in communication, that we start at ten o'clock or noon every single time. Uh, the three-step plan, I, I I like the Malik Willis one the most. I think that's my most intriguing one. I, I like Malik Willis. I like his upside. And to be honest, the Vikings haven't made a splash move to move up in the draft necessarily. They traded back into the draft to get Teddy Bridgewater in 2014. But I think it'd make a big statement from the new Vikings ownership that they'd say, hey, no, we're serious about this. We've identified this guy. He's our future quarterback. And to be honest, if they draft Malik Willis and let him develop for a little bit. I'm all about that plan. So I would say the trade up and get Malik Willis one is the one that interests me the most. And again, like if a quarterback, if if the quarterback draft class is weak, yeah. uh-huh. and they're just there, you know, there's going to be some guys get hyped up here in the in the next two or three months. But if you find the right bridge guy, you can wait till 2023 while you like Judd said. Well, maybe maybe Kellen Mond is the project for this that. year, and yeah, absolutely. 
So there it is. So you, you trade Cousins for a first or a second round pick, save $35 million in cap space, get 23 under the cap. Use some of that money to sign a much cheaper bridge quarterback in Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, or trade for Gardner Minshew. And then you immediately start the hunt for your long-term franchise quarterback by eyeing Malik Willis in this year's draft or waiting until 2023 when there's more top-end quarterbacks. Typical score north. Typical score north. You guys are trying to drive Kirk out of town. He's going to go to Denver and win a Super Bowl. Are you a Cousins fan or a Vikings fan? Because you you can be both, but I think the way that people are looking at this, it's, it's hard. It's hard to like root for Kirk Cousins to remain as highly compensated as he is, and also root for the Vikings to win football games. Yep. it's not working. And he's and, and you and you need to find some other path forward. And I just don't see a path where he is going to come into Quazy and say, you know what, Quazy, let's do an extension, and I want a pay cut. Like, it's time for me to bring that cap hit down and never have it go up. No, they're yeah. not gonna, no, he's, he's not going to say yeah, that. That's just gonna... not. And you know what? He probably shouldn't. Like yeah. Make your money, dude. Um, what do we, by the way, on, on Kevin O'Connell, we've got some stuff here in a second from The Athletic on just exactly who he is schematically, personality-wise. So some some good anecdotes coming out tomorrow on the show. Alex Boone's been watching Rams offense film all weekend, and he's going to bring a full dissertation on what we can expect a potential Kevin O'Connell offense to look like uh, and an interesting mock draft. But uh, cheers. It's it's uh, it's the week of the big game. Yep. And I think the there's game. only can't one. Can't say the name of it. Don't say the name of it. We can't. Big game. Well, well, we can, but we can't while we're doing like a Spots. marketing exactly. pitch oh. here. So, so oh, no, that, you can't. We know what we're going to cheers during the big game. Okay. Big can of Surly. Yeah, yeah. I got a confession to make. And I, I made this confession to Dex on the show last night, but we got some problems. Surly Brewing is my beer, right? Like, I love their beers. And Furious, it, it's basically my my beer spouse, right? Well, full disclosure, Phil, I stepped out on Furious this weekend. Mm. With the, Someone slid the DMs. With, yeah, well, exactly right. Because the first Surly Variety Pack of 2022 is out. And let's just say Judd discovered what Surly calls their hyper-modern Idaho 7 IPA. And it piqued my curiosity, but more importantly, it piqued my taste buds in a great way. This beer, folks, unbelievable. Some type of combination. I could go through it, but I'm just going to tell you right now. You got to try it. That does not mean that for the big game, you shouldn't enjoy the entire variety pack, which does include a row of Judd's favorite beer. Yes, that's right. Furious is. But I'm telling you right now, the hyper, hyper modern Idaho 7 IPA. Oh, boy. Get ready for love it. beer love. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Um, what do we know about Kevin O'Connell? Let's dive into some of this stuff here from The Athletic. There was a great sort of back-and-forth Q&A between Chad Graff, covers the Vikings, and uh, Jordan Rodriguez, who covers the Rams. And these are some of the nuggets from Jordan about Kevin O'Connell. Let's talk scheme first here, okay? What kind of, from a football perspective, what can we expect? Well, he usually called plays in preseason games, which is, so at least he's done some play calling. Uh, But O'Connell has been a huge part of the Rams' offensive design each week, especially after they traded for Stafford. 
O'Connell and Stafford worked a lot on manufacturing explosive passes out of pure dropback looks instead of being overly reliant on play action. Football. And through much of the season, the Rams enjoyed the same explosive pass play rate without play action as the rest of the league enjoyed with play action. Football. So from a schematic standpoint, also helps to have great wide receivers and, and you know they have a great roster in St. Louis, and Sean McVay is part of this too, but um, they generate a lot of explosive plays just in their normal, like they're without play action, just with their pre-snap motions and the their route trees, and yes, very interesting. Depth of the routes, I love this. Yes. Uh, Personality-wise, McVay and O'Connell are in constant troubleshooting and communication mode as O'Connell also is with Stafford. So I'd go so far as to say O'Connell's demeanor is a nice foil to McVeigh's and that he evens out the room temperature at times. Players and coaches gravitate toward him because he's genuine and disarming, but he also has the answers to their questions as well. And from a hiring standpoint, don't worry, Vikings fans. Jordan says every coach is probably going to hire one or two people within their network, but I think O'Connell's son is like 10 years old, so no worries on the nepotism front. And I say, if he can coach, bring him on. It's the coaching tree. <laughs> 10, 12? Come on. we got to start him, him younger now. Football. This kid's, what, 36? What's the next wave, Phil? 15, 16? Madden players, like Declan olds, said? yes. That's right. He's, yeah, the Madden players would probably play a lot more football games, uh, you know, simulated more football games than some of the old exactly Grizzly coaches. right. Just like online poker. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so, you know, in some of the early things we're hearing about Kevin O'Connell here the last few days, what do you, what do you guys think? I think that it's going to be a, a breath of fresh air to bring in a coach now. N- not that Zim Zim did a good job at one time, okay? Because I'm just tired of all the dumping on Zim like it was all his fault. He did a very good job at one, one time. But I do think uh, that in addition to the fact that the Cousins project didn't work out, Mike also began to uh, have a shelf life problem here. I, I think the game began to change e- even more from an offensive standpoint. I'm really looking forward to the fact that I can sit down on Sundays now or go to games and watch an offense that's going to look like it's it's an offense that should be operated today. And you brought up in, in that first thing um, as far as what the Rams did to improve Stafford. You brought up what I think is absolutely the, the key point. It's not the statistics. Um, it's not the, oh, I saw the box score and it looked great. It is the concepts. What are your concepts? Go back and look. The Vikings concepts, for the most part in 2021, I thought unimaginative, and they stunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I am I cannot wait to see how Jefferson is used. Irv Smith, who could be huge, gets used. Perhaps Dalvin. There's going to be so many different ways to take already very talented people and and create confusion in the opposing defense, right? So I am I am, dare I say, jacked to see this. Because it got very stale and very boring, and the creativity was almost zero. Now, could some of those reworked concepts and more modern concepts help Kirk Cousins, a Kirk Cousins-led offense, become one of the five best in the NFL? That's another, that's another thing they're probably discussing, right? Yep. Let's take your concepts and, and let's see them. what what Kirk can do. Because I just think you got to bring that price so far down, it's going to be out of the range that Kirk is willing to go. And, you know, Stafford's price is, I think his cap hit was like $20 million, but, you know, credit to the Rams. And the Rams had 
forty million dollars in dead cap or something because they're paying a large chunk of Goff's contract. But the Rams did such an amazing job hitting on some draft picks. They also were able to bring in like the, Odell Beckham Jr. for free. The roster is you good. Know, that that's they the difference. For Von Miller. The, mm-hmm. the 2021 Rams are doing what the 2018 Vikings tried. The 2018 yes. Vikings didn't make the playoffs. Correct. That's 100% <laughs> true. We got the roster right. Let's bring in the right quarterback and see what happens. Let's go. The Vikings took a step back. Correct. You know, they they won like 9 games or 8 games or whatever it was. 8-7 and 1 I think in 2018. Yep. Um. Yeah, I think I, I love what I'm hearing just about his involvement because yeah, people get so fixated on play calling. I'm not as concerned about that. I want it's it's more about how are you maximizing your team? Are you a great leader? Are you a great communicator? What is what is your thirty thousand foot vision and your scheme? What do all those things look like? Who's calling the actual plays on game day? Well, hell, the first fifteen are scripted anyway, so it's really like from the second, third, fourth quarter and and. You can have input. He's probably going to call the plays. But there's there's so many other ways that you have an influence on the success of a team that go way beyond play calling. And people get so wrapped up in play calling as if, like, this is a video game and the only thing that you do as a coach is play call on Sundays. Like, no, you're building. You're working with guys. You're communicating. You're coaching the coaches. All those things. And it sounds like O'Connell has a great working knowledge of how all of this works within Sean McVay's organization so um any other final thoughts on the first o'connell impressions before we get to Dex, go ahead. mock draft monday here i'm just excited that yeah i echo what Jeff, justin jefferson said i'm excited that they have an offensive minded coach and i'm excited to see what he does it could bust out real bad it, it, the, the whole jim harbaugh team i think got us really excited because he was an established coach and he's a winner and kevin o'connell is still a little bit risky here and even though he's from the sean McVay coaching tree I think we still have to be in a little bit of a wait-and-see mode and not jump to too many conclusions on what he's going to bring. But I'm, I'm excited that he's an offensive dude, first and foremost. The Vikings have been behind the times in offense, and you should unlock some of that. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. I want to mock. mock. All right, boys. It's Mock Draft Monday here, and we're going to give you, uh, basically from here all the way through the draft now, we're going to give you a taste of what kind of mock drafts are out there. We're also going to start to mix in our own mock drafts through the Draft Network. We'll get our guy Tyler Fornis in probably later in the week, like this week on Thursday he'll come in, and he can give us a a scouting perspective. But I've got a two-round mock from new ESPN draft analyst Jordan Reed. Are you guys ready? Oh, yeah. We got a third guy in the mix now with the worldwide leader. Kuiper, McShay, and Reed. We've got all three of these guys in here now. All right. Let's start with the number one overall pick going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Offensive tackle from Alabama, Evan Neal. All right. The Lions taking edge rusher from Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau. Passing up the in-state edge rusher, Aiden Hutchinson, who goes third to the Texans, who just hired Lovey Smith to be their new head coach today. Godspeed. Interesting. So he was the defensive coordinator. I think they just, I don't know, man. The Texans are a mess. Um, the Jets, let's see. I'm not going to go through all these. I mean, uh, Malik Willis going sixth to the Panthers. Oh, he's already up Liberty. to sixth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two weeks ago, he was like in the second round. <laughs> I don't know how high he's going to climb because, you know, there could be a trade, but like Jaguars aren't going to draft him. <sighs> right, the Lions be- are interesting, man. Like the Lions, yeah, Lions need a quarterback at some point. Jared Goff ain't going to be it. They're paying Goff. The Texans, who knows what they're going to do. 
I don't think they're in the market for a quarterback, though. The Jets aren't drafting a quarterback. The Giants probably aren't drafting a quarterback. So the Panthers at six are kind of the first team. Are you sure about the Giants? Not sure, but... Like, I, they're like, oh, we love Daniel Jones. Like, no, you don't. You didn't draft him either. Yeah, I, I would just say, like, in terms of obvious quarterback needy teams, the Panthers are the first one here at six. Sure. And then the Giants pick again at seven. They take a safety... Uh, we're out of the top 10 here. The next quarterback off the board goes to the Washington Commanders, Kenny Pickett from Pitt. And that brings us to the Vikings at 12, where they tra- uh, where they draft the other edge rusher from Michigan, David Ojabo. Okay? So under the previous front office regime, the Vikings relied heavily on their ability to develop day two and day three players at defensive end, which left the team's Depth razor thin at the position outside Daniel Hunter. If uh, if Quasey uses the same model as the Browns, where he uh, was the past few years, Minnesota could value the age of prospects, 22 and younger, mm-hmm. and their college production, physical traits, and potential upside. Ojabo's combination of potential and youth make him a clear target for the Vikings at a position of need. They haven't selected an edge rusher in the first two rounds since... Um. Kaneche? No. Erasmus James in 2005. That's the last time they took... Wasn't he 4 But that's the last time no, they he took was an o- edge rusher in the first or was, second round. He was 0-5 with Troy, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, I thought... Uh, when when was Udeza? Like 4 Wasn't Udeza 4 Oh, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah, and I think the next year was James. You're right. Ah, oh, got it. I hate getting, hate getting old. See some other quarterbacks Mine here. I'm just going playing. through here. Matt Coral, 18th to the Saints. Sam Howell, 20th to the Steelers. Where's Carson Strong? Uh, I don't know that he's a because because of the knee injury okay. concern. I don't know that he's a first round guy. He can drive the ball down the field. I'm going to tell you that right now. A little football talk for you. Go yeah. Go watch some YouTube highlights got, of Carson Strong. He can drive the ball. Holy crap! He can drive the ball. I think his hands are good too. I think he's got the big mitts. You don't want those small hands. Pickett's got the small, small, tiny hands. Hi, I'm Kenny Pickett from Pip. I got the small, tiny Burger King hands. Uh, I'm going through the second round here, too, and we're there's there's no Carson Strong up until the 46th pick okay. where the Vikings are at. All right. And? And the Vikings at 46, according to Jordan Reed, are set to select. Is it, uh, I think it's pronounced Kair Elam, the cornerback from Florida. I want you want Okay. Defense. So he's received some mixed reviews from NFL evaluators that Jordan Reed has spoken to. Some see him going as high as the late first round, while others see him in round two. Mm. He's a big-time press man corner with Minnesota in search of cornerback help yet again. And him turning 21 years old a week after the draft, he checks a lot of boxes for the Vikings scouting department. He had six picks in three seasons for the Gators. As far as other quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati goes right after this at 47. And I don't see uh, Daniel Fileli going 52nd to the Steelers. Gophers offensive tackle. Gophers had had some great senior bowl performances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no Carson. St- oh, there he is. The last pick in the second round to the Broncos. Oh, that's Carson the Strong Tavares Jackson pick right there. Yeah. I believe Tavares was go. the last pick in the second round when the Vikings traded with Pittsburgh for him. So if the, if the Vikings went edge rusher, cornerback in the first two rounds, I think it means they're probably spending some free agent money on a right guard, maybe a center. I'm fine with that. Okay. 
I'm, I'm fine with that. Where, and, then, and then maybe they can draft some players in the third round that they actually use. Where is the center from Iowa projected to go? He's supposed to be a stud. And I think he's a big guy, too. He's not one of these, oh, he can zone block, so he weighs 200 pounds. It's great. I'm very bitter yeah, about I'm that. Sorry. Through here. I'd like to apologize for my helpers. Mm. Yeah, Tyler Linderbaum going 19th to the Eagles. Okay, and that name sounds like a center. Oh, yeah, Tyler, Tyler Linderbaum. I, like, how, like, you are born Boy. to play that position. You're a mauler. You're a Hawkeye. <laughs> you're just going to kick some ass. And you know what? Tyler Linderbaum provides protection, frontline protection oh, for yeah. quarterbacks, which is exactly what Federated Insurance has been doing for over 100 years. They're all about maximizing the success of your business by minimizing potential risks. They've got your back for over 100 years. Like I said, based in Owatonna, Minnesota, you can find a full slate of resources available to you at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. There it is. Got the three-step quarterback plan. We found out some more about Kevin O'Connell, and we gave you – a two-round mock on this mock draft Monday. I mean, Plenty what, more where that came not from. Not entertained. So much draft talk. So much. So many mock drafts between now and April. It's gonna be great. Dude, I'm just excited for DraftBlaster.com. Oh yeah, I am post Senior Bowl. I season. am no joking around. Seriously intrigued and the most excited. Next up by the defensive coordinator hire. Football. Yeah. I'm, I'm seriously. I am so Football. intrigued by that. That's gonna be such an important move. You see, uh, on Friday last week, Wade Phillips liked my tweet mm. saying that he's the officially 74-year-old Wade Phillips. I'm blocked. He's the official yeah. defensive coordinator. What, how did you guys get blocked, blocked by Wade I Phillips? Didn't, I have no idea. I'm blocked by him. I think he should come on the show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slide into his DMs. Please do. I don't Say, even hey, know if he checks We're his pushing DMs. you. I can't contact him. For so. DC, we're pushing you, and we think that you would be the right choice. Can you come in and help explain based on the Vikings? What do you do with with they can upgrade their defense? Well, and and like what what's the strategy with a young coach? You've been down this path before. What can you bring? Like we could conduct it eight hours. We'll sit down and grill them. It'll be just like the Vikings did. We'll put you through a put you through a mock interview. See what happens. All right, that's a wrap on today's Purple Daily Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. See you tomorrow.